0: Let's just jump in tonight. We're talking about loneliness, and uh, we're in the In My Feeling series, and we've already talked about anger and shame, and so if you guys are wanting to go back and listen, like to listen to those, uh, we actually have a podcast. I don't think I've ever even announced this year, which is extremely unhelpful to you. So uh, Redemption 710, if you go on like Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you look up Redemption 710, we have like all our uh, messages that we uh, preach, and we just upload them there. And so if you guys missed something or if you want to re-listen to something that like, you feel like Jesus really spoke to you, you can go check it out there. And so um, with that being said, let's just jump in and let's pray to the Lord. Uh, Lord, we love you. And um, Jesus, I'm just reminded in singing these songs that, Lord, all I need, all I truly want, and, uh, Lord, my deepest desires are found in you. And, Lord, I even uh, just confess, God, my own sin, my own uh, failure this week, and just seeking to find satisfaction in life and uh, goodness and pleasure and, and other things that aren't of you. And so, Jesus, I just pray, even tonight as I preach, that you would recenter me, um, Lord, as you've already started to do today. And God, I know many people coming into the room tonight, um, Lord, uh, not many people, I know everybody in the room coming in the room tonight, Lord, needs you, Jesus. And so, Lord, we humble our hearts And God, we quiet ourselves, and we ask that you would speak to us. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So there was a survey in 2020 uh, that found that 71% of millennials and 79% of Gen Z uh, report feeling lonely. And uh, so if, if there was maybe 100 or so people in the room, that means about 75 people in this room report that like throughout their days or just like in significant seasons in their life that they feel uh, lonely. And what's really interesting about this statistic is that it's extremely greater, like loneliness is extremely greater in, in the Gen Z generation and the millennial generation than any generations that have come before, which I think is so fascinating because we're the most connected generation with Instagram and technology. We have obviously cell phones and these ways that we can constantly be in communication so our communication and connectiveness is at an all-time high, and yet loneliness – I said it the other way around. No, yeah. Yes, there we go. Our, our, our communi- we're just going to both get a point yeah, – both hands upstairs. Like, so our communication and our, our actual way to like connect with each other is at an all-time high, and yet our loneliness at the same time is at an all-time high. And here's the thing. I actually feel like this is true from like experience and like, walking and being among you in this ministry um, – If you would have asked me, what's one thing this year that I feel like I hear the most, like, verbalized to me all the time? In my coffees with you, in, like, you know, when I'm talking to Jade about how the gals are doing, like, a constant theme that constantly comes up is I'm lonely. Uh, And loneliness is complicated because there's different versions of loneliness, uh, there's different reasons for loneliness. And so I know many of you in the room walk in tonight and you feel lonely. And, and, and so there's all sorts of reasons. Some of you feel lonely because uh, you're single. And I didn't plan to do this message after Valentine's Day, but I had somebody talk to me uh, earlier before this. And they were saying, like, I was, I was really lonely yesterday. And, like, i just be honest. Some of you in the room are really lonely because you're still single. And that's really hard. Like, you know, like, I'm always the bridesmaid but never the bride. Always the groomsmen, but never the groom, and actually that's probably like why 35% of you are even here tonight, right? I know, it's true. <clears throat> but singleness, singleness actually like it's it, it's an environment that a lot of people struggle with loneliness. There's there's some of you that you feel lonely because you have no friends, or there's like this group of friends that you want to be part of, and you just feel like you cannot make that connection. Like you've tried a small group. You've tried like this group of friends, you've tried that young adult ministry, you've tried this young adult ministry, you've tried that person at your school, and and you've just like navigated all these friendships and you just, you still feel lonely, you feel like you can't get that connection, and maybe that's why some of you are here tonight, you're like, I just need a community to walk with, I feel lonely. Some of, uh, loneliness isn't also like a, it's not always just like a status of like a relationship or friendships, but some of you are, are like lonely because you have a unique struggle. Or trial that you feel like nobody understands um, i uh, w- and I think this is really common in a lot of people that I walk with that struggle with same sex attraction It's just like nobody gets what it's like to struggle with this, and I have like depressing loneliness. I hear that all the time. Uh, some of you may be actually suffering with like a physical disability or a sickness, and you're like. I'm like one of the only people I know that actually have to struggle with this type of sickness that has to deal with this type of thing, and just not being understood just makes me feel lonely. Some of you have lost family members, parents, and so some of you have lost because they 've actually passed, and some of you have lost family members um, because you've moved to let's say you moved to arizona and you you're from a different state, and so like you feel like there's no sense of family here, that has you feeling lonely so f- loneliness is just a really common thing in the human life and um Honestly, I was, I'll just be really honest with you. I was really angsty about teaching you this message um, because if I'm just going to be completely honest, when I feel like young adults who are single and who come and talk to me about loneliness, I feel like there's a sense of like, how can you t- talk to me about loneliness when you were married at 22, and uh, and there's been a couple seasons of my life where I've really felt lonely. Uh, I would say my junior year of college was probably the only time when I was single when I felt lonely. I was, like, kind of like the kid in college who had the girlfriend and nobody else had their gal or guy yet. And then that all switched like that. And then all of a sudden everybody got, like, seemed to be dating somebody or having their spouse. And then I was the only one single. And then my close friends, like, I wasn't like I had a bunch of friends in college. I had, like, three, like, really close friends. And then all, like, one, all of them, one at a time, just, like, moved off campus. And I was in a place with a ton of people my age, a ton of people who even loved Jesus. And I remember just walking by myself for hours, just, like, feeling extremely lonely. Uh, my first year of marriage was extremely lonely. Um, I would say there's probably only one time in my life that I felt, like, genuinely depressed, and it was my first year of marriage. Um, and not that my wife and I were at each other's throats, although there was those moments um, but no, like, I just, we were struggling with some really difficult things, and I just, I felt alone in the struggle. I'm like, I just, I feel really lonely in it, and, um, this is especially weird to talk to you guys about, so I'm not going to go into details, but there's actually studies that talk about loneliness, and some of the most, like, one of the most lonely groups of people that there are, are pastors. Um, you lose a ton of friends in pastoral ministry. I have lost a ton of friends in pastoral ministry, Um, I read this article recently, which was helpful and really unhelpful to read at the same time. It said, um, pastors don't actually know who their real friends are. And they say, like, um, a lot of times it's perceived as friendship, but because you lead a ministry or whatever, people like to talk with you. But then as soon as you make a decision that someone doesn't like or say something someone doesn't like, they're gone, and you lose friendship. So I have numbers of friends that I've lost, and there's lonely parts of, of this of this job um, that I have. But at the same time, I love it so deeply. I wouldn't change it for anything. All that to say, how do you actually navigate loneliness as a Christian? I really want to ask you that question. Because like, there's a worldly way to navigate loneliness. And then there's a Christian way to navigate loneliness. And uh, everything that I'm going to put forward to you tonight is this is that as christians the thing that makes us different as we pursue freedom in our loneliness is that we pursue freedom in our loneliness and not freedom from our loneliness so i want to say that again as christians god calls us to pursue freedom in our loneliness that means like while i'm in the lonely like state while i'm single while i'm like kind of feeling this way like i want to come to a place with god that i can actually feel okay so 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 if you're pursuing freedom in your loneliness, the whole idea is, like, you're pursuing a person in your loneliness. If you're pursuing freedom from your loneliness, you're per- actually pursuing a circumstance that you hope changes how you actually feel. So, like, the worldly thing is, like, all right, I feel lonely. What's the circumstance? What's the thing? What's the person I need to actually feel satisfied? And, 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 and Jesus calls us to, be like, no, like, in those things, we pursue a person so that we're actually okay in, ta- in, in, in our circumstance to then navigate forward. And because here's why if you're actually pursuing freedom from your loneliness, you're just going to keep playing that game forever. Because loneliness is inevitable. I was talking to Jade, she's like, I just feel like one of the things that like, has to be communicated about loneliness is loneliness is not going away. Uh, it's not solved by a circumstance. Like, there's a version of loneliness when you're single, there's a version of loneliness. When you're married, and I know that's hard to understand, but there is, there's loneliness and disappointing friendships. There's all sorts of things that can happen. Loneliness will always be part of the story. And until the world is filled with God's grace and God's goodness and everything is redeemed, loneliness will always be a part of that. And so here's what we want to do tonight. I actually want to look at Jesus' life, and I want to look at the loneliness he experienced, and then I just want to show you how Jesus actually found freedom in his loneliness, So we're going to look at Jesus' loneliness. Then we're going to ask, how do we actually find freedom in our loneliness? And then we're going to see what Jesus offers to the lonely. And so um, let's look at Jesus' loneliness first. All right, so when the Bible actually promises, like, that this coming king would come who would rule over Israel and rule over all the nations, uh, this is what what was, like, the bumper sticker and what it said about Jesus before he came. All right, so, like, if you're like, all right, what is Jesus' life going to look like? This is what it said it was going to look like, Isaiah 53.3. Listen to this. He, that is Jesus, was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him, and then we looked the other way. He was despised, and we did not care. So right off the bat, all right, what's the, what's the king going to be like? What's Jesus' life going to be like? He was despised and rejected lonely. And so, listen, I actually want to walk through Jesus' life, and I want to show you, I want to show you how lonely Jesus would have been as a human being. And I don't want you to listen to this and be like, well, he was God, he was fine. I want you to listen to this as if this were actually you. And I want you to really identify with, like, Jesus can actually relate with your loneliness. So, one, um, Jesus leaving heaven and coming to earth. Now, Jesus had a, had relationship with his Father through the Spirit when he came to the earth, absolutely, but I don't think we really get at the very beginning, how much it cost him to leave proximity in the very presence of his father to come dwell with us? Like he's had that eternal relationship with his father, and then he actually has to he has to leave that at some level to come be with us. I bet there was a, a sense of loneliness there when he when he came. Um, for those of you that have had a parent died, I don't know if you actually know this, but most likely Jesus's uh, dad died, uh, Joseph. Uh, there's. It's funny, outside of the birth story of Jesus, there's no other account of uh, Jesus' dad, Joseph, at all. His Mary, his siblings, like Mary's mom, his siblings, all recorded, but his dad's uh, life is not there. And so most likely Jesus' dad died. So he grew up without a dad. Um, And who knows how that even happened? Uh, One, or three, uh, Jesus actually probably would have stuck out like a sore thumb as a child. Uh, You guys have known this. Typically, the good kids and the, like, holy people, like, they kind of repel people at some level. You know what to be true? Like, you're the weird person. Like, I bet, I guarantee you, Jesus being the type of human being that he was as a kid was not on, like, the end. Like, he wasn't in. Like, I guarantee you that he was probably looking in on the popular group, the cool group. Uh, Like, if I can just imagine that, I bet Jesus uh, stuck out like a sore thumb when he was a kid. And I bet that there was a sense of loneliness there. Um, I don't want to. Overstate this, but Jesus never married. Um, God's call on Jesus's life was that he would not be married, and so all throughout his life, and all the sufferings, and all the disappointments, and all the things, uh, he didn't have the companion of a spouse, and so he lived his whole life without um, without a wife. And I think uh, I think there's something to that. Um, at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry, Jesus comes to preach the good news that he knows is true. To his hometown so everybody it's not like you know his hometown was gilbert and the city's huge like everybody would have known jesus at his hometown so jesus comes to preach at his hometown uh and then how they respond to his message is they reject him they go like we don't want to hear it they completely reject him it actually says that they take offense at him a fence at him they drive him out of the city and then they try to throw him off a cliff we read these stories, and we're like, oh, yeah, that's an interesting story. But, like, no, imagine you go to your hometown, and they reject your message. And she's like, I love you guys, and they try to throw you off a cliff. You can go read about it. That, that would suck. That would feel lonely. Uh, Jesus' own brothers, they don't, believe his, they don't believe him. Like, they don't believe who he said he was, and they actually kind of make fun of him. There's, like, some certain, I don't have time, but it, there's actually these moments in the kind of the stories about Jesus' life where his brothers kind of like taunt him because they, they don't believe him and so Jesus feels lonely there. Jesus' friend Judas, now I know like Judas has a bad reputation for a good reason, um, but yeah, that was Jesus' friend, like a good friend. Three years they walked with each other and his friend go, betrays him for $200. Could you imagine if one of your best friends just for $200 betrays you? That would hurt, that's lonely. Uh, at Jesus' darkest moment, at the garden, when he knows he's going to the cross to pay for the sins of the world, all of his friends scatter. I want to ask you, if, at your darkest moment, imagine it. Imagine all your friends completely scattering. It's lonely. All right, just a couple more. Uh, Jesus' other friend, Peter, uh, we read this story all the time, and it's well known. But imagine if you had a friend that called down a curse that they even knew you. Jesus' friend Peter calls down a curse that he even knows Jesus when Jesus is being beaten, like literally beaten and spit on. And then lastly, at the cross, while Jesus is at his most vulnerable state, he's naked in front of crowds of people he doesn't know. It's the worst physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain that you could imagine. And people at the ground are making fun of him. The, the thieves on the cross next to him are making fun of him. The Romans have a sign above him that's mocking who he is. And so you read all this and you go, Jesus was a really lonely person. He experienced the lonely person in the room. There's a quote, and uh, I, I, I read this and I thought it was so good. It says, Jesus may have been the loneliest human being in history. And no one on earth could fully identify with Jesus and so what's the point out of this? Here's what I want you to get. I think so often in our loneliness, we try to, like, please God in it. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't. But so often we, I think, like, when I talk to people, it's like, I just need to get fixed. Like, I just need to fix my loneliness or, like, I just know, like, there's, like, a contentment issue. And, you know, I feel like God just, I need to work on that. And, and I think when I read all this, like, what I, I think Jesus would offer, is offering to you is, like, he can actually, like, he actually understands and you go, like, Jesus, like, I feel like this makes me feel really, really lonely. And he goes, I know. I get it. It reminds me of that time when, like, Jesus, like, like I, I got rejected. Like, I don't really feel like I have a family that loves me. He's like, I know. My own family, they rejected me my whole life. And it wasn't until later that they actually got it. And, I, and what I want you to know is lonely people, here's one of the things that even if you uh, kind of read some psychology stuff on loneliness, is the lonely person, they're, what they're really seeking is connection. Like, they just need connection with somebody at a, at a deep enough level that it actually does something. And what Jesus is doing here is he's going, I actually can connect with you in it. And so I just want to ask you a question. Have you ever considered connecting, like, really connecting with Jesus in your loneliness? And being like, Jesus, like, this is a hard situation. And then just sitting in that and letting, and letting Jesus actually relate to you. Well, here's the thing. Jesus went through all this stuff, but he didn't become cynical. You know what I'm saying? Like in our loneliness, I feel like it typically leads us somewhere. And, um, and and I don't know about you, but I feel like in the lonely parts of my life, when I've let it rule me, and I've actually kind of navigated like some of those seasons, uh, my loneliness has led me to do some of the most destructive things in my life. And when I watch Seven Tenors struggle with loneliness, it leads them to do like some of the most destructive, uh, consequential decisions that really hurt somebody actually stem from a place of loneliness. And so how did Jesus actually find freedom to walk in obedience, in the fear of the Lord, in satisfaction, and actually not cope in a way that was really unhealthy? Because, listen, let's just be honest. Loneliness, uh, I know a lot of dudes, uh, when they feel lonely or discouraged, they turn to pornography. I know people that just, they feel the sense of, like, a deep loneliness, so they, they look for that in sex with other people, and maybe that's you, like, you just explored sex, maybe that will solve the loneliness problem. Technology addiction, like, I just can't get off my phone, because if I get off my phone, I actually have to sit with my thoughts, and my thoughts aren't great. And so we get addicted to technology to distract us. That stems from loneliness, and it's extremely unhealthy. Uh, alcohol, I was just sat down with somebody last week that just, like, they just drink themselves out of their loneliness, and then they go to bed, and they wake up, and they do it again. Uh, and I would say so often it leads to things like panic dating, like unwise dating. Like, you should not date that person, but you settle because you're lonely, and like, well, maybe this will work out. Like, it, 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 as soon as we think our longings will be met, only if we had this person or that thing, it will just lead to destructive coping mechanisms. And so what can we learn from Jesus' life? Uh, how did he actually cope with it? And so there's two, not, at risk of oversimplifying, I want to show you how Jesus navigated this. And this is what he had. Jesus had frequent community, or excuse me, frequent solitude and deep community. In, in Luke 5, 16, you can write it down and turn there some other time. It said that, that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And so one of the things that you see from this is, is typically, uh, if you're lonely, you tend to, uh, one of the things that I've seen is people will overemphasize the community. So they'll, like, they'll put themselves in community and they literally spend all of their free time in a community because they're so afraid of the solitude place. I, I've had conversations with people and they're like, I, I'm terrified of being alone. And so Jesus, he knows how how God meets us, he knows how we're wired, and so one of the things that's so fascinating is Jesus is probably one of the most lonely people ever, and he goes to the lonely place. And so the lonely person, the lonely savior, goes to the lonely place. And so I just want to tell you, if you're somebody in the room, and you're like, I just don't feel like I'm in a good spot. I'm constantly lonely. I just want to encourage you, if you haven't been to the solitude, the lonely, the place with Jesus, and really encountered him in that, there's an invitation to experience Jesus. The other thing that I thought was really interesting about Jesus is nobody actually understood Jesus. Jesus there's not one person until after Jesus' resurrection that actually understood him except his father. There wasn't a human being on the planet that actually understood what he was doing and what he was going through and what he would be thinking. And yet Jesus still opened up to his disciples. How often do we go like, I just can't talk about it with them because they won't get it. And so what Jesus is saying is he understood as a human being created, or uh, he wasn't created, as human, but as a human being and us as human beings who are created by God, God created us to actually need deep community And this isn't cheap community. This isn't the type of community where you just, like, show up to an RC and you try it for two weeks and it wasn't great. But it's this, I'm going to commit to you and you're going to commit to me. And I'm actually going to, like, at risk of not being understood and at risk of looking stupid, like, I'm just going to actually verbalize my loneliness. And I actually want to be in a consistent relationship to process it. Jesus constantly said things like, my soul is troubled, and, he, and his disciples like, can't figure it out, they're confused, they give bad advice, and yet he still constantly opens up. And so here's what I want to challenge you. If you're somebody who isolates yourself in your loneliness, the freedom that you're probably actually looking for in your loneliness is in deep community. If you're somebody who, who just throws community around you to solve the loneliness problem, the, lonely, the, the freedom that you're probably looking for is in the solitude place. But you got to know yourself, and that's why Jesus had this two sides of the same coin. He had deep community and then frequent solitude. And there's also uh, something else I think just that we need to talk about regarding social media. Um, I read this uh, statistic. I thought it was really interesting. There was a study that the University of Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania did, and, and, and they talked about how those who uh, – they took like this group of people – And they said those who uh, limited their use of social media to 30 minutes a day uh, experienced significantly less loneliness than the people who didn't regulate their social media at all. And here's why. Social media, what it does is it reinforces a false sense of intimacy and connection. It can't, by definition, provide true intimacy, true connection. And so when you're on social media, and you're in a lonely state and you're scrolling and you're watching these things, it actually reinforces loneliness. And so if you're somebody like when you get to that place, you go to, lo- you go to social media or whatever it is for you, one of the worst things that you could possibly do for yourself is sit on your phone and scroll on social media. And so th- that's what we see in Jesus' life. He, he, he takes his loneliness to the presence of the Father. He processes it with him. He takes it to his disciples. He's, he's honest at a deep level. He receives love, and he gives love, and, and, and Jesus finds freedom in that. All right, let's, uh, let's go to the last part of the message. Um, one of the things that I love about Jesus is that um, I, in my life, there are so many times that I, what I really want Jesus to do is to offer me the circumstance that I think will take away my pain. Like, Jesus, I just want that, because I know if I have that, I won't feel this anymore. But Jesus is, he's, he's too wise for that. He loves you too much for that. And I think it's hard for us sometimes to hear uh, and to see Jesus give us something or not give us something that we really want. And, and and see, one of the things that you always see is that whatever that thing is that you feel lonely about, that's like just really Giving you pain and brokenness, Jesus always offers Himself in the place of that thing. And so I see, like some of you, uh, you're lonely because of friendship. And so what Jesus does, He goes, "I'll be your friend." You're lonely because of like I just don't have anybody who really knows me that's for me, that like will like actually be a good friend. Jesus says, "Like I'll offer you my friendship." In John fifteen five, Jesus says, "No longer do I call you servants." the servant does not know what his master is doing he goes but i have called you friends and and so the the lord the king of kings offers you his friendship some people they feel lonely because they don't have family and so what jesus offers is he gives you his family in psalm 68 6 it says god places the lonely in families i love that god places the lonely in families and he sets the prisoners free and gives them joy and he goes like man you don't have a family I'll give you my family. And yet you know, she's messed up, she's got problems, and there's other people just like you in it, and there's other people just not like you. But if you're lonely, I'll give you my family. I'll give you my friendship, I'll give you my family. Uh, some of you are, like we've talked about, you're lonely because, you feel, because you're single, and you're like, man, I just want a spouse really bad, and I just like, feel like I'm, I'm at that age, I'm at that place in life, I really want that. And Jesus goes, I'll offer myself as, as your groom, in Psalm, excuse me, in Revelation nineteen seven, it says, "Let us rejoice, and be glad, and give Him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready." And so it's this picture at the end of creation that the church, as His people, uh, we come uh, to the kingdom of God And Jesus. It's, it's. He says it's like this wedding ceremony, where these two become one, and Jesus goes, "Listen." I'll offer myself in that place. And you go all the way down the line to, like, God, I need a father. I don't have a father. And Jesus goes, I'll be, your fa- I'll be your father. Jesus, I need a comforter. Jesus goes, I'll comfort you. Jesus, like, nobody understands me. Nobody's, like, even sympathizing with me. They're just trying to fix me. Jesus goes, I can sympathize with you. I'll just sit with you, and I'll process it with you. Jesus goes, I just need somebody to actually understand me for once. Like, I feel like nobody understands me. Jesus like, I, I can give you that understanding. And as I was kind of thinking through this, and I was thinking through the stories of my life where I felt this way, here's what I realized Jesus offers himself to you because there's nothing greater that he could offer to you. If there was something greater that Jesus could offer you, he would offer it. Because Jesus knows what you most deeply need, and at the end, like underneath all your wants and desires, he knows that satisfied in him. He goes, I'll give you myself. Because he knows there's nothing better that I could offer. If there was, I would. But I'm giving you myself. And so what? What he knows what you most de- deeply need is more of him. And um, and here's another beautiful thing about Jesus. Uh, Jesus not only understands your loneliness, he not only, uh, you know, gives us an example of how to navigate it, but he's also destroying your loneliness. I don't know if you've thought about this very much, but. Um, Think about this. The only reason Jesus experienced loneliness on earth was because he actually came to free you from yours. The only reason that Jesus experienced loneliness and did what he did was so that you wouldn't have to be separated from God. And here's what I'm getting at. Jesus realized that the deepest problem was not circumstantial loneliness. It wasn't that person or that thing. He knew there was a spiritual loneliness. And so what Jesus does is he he looks down on his world, he looks down on you, and he goes, listen, I know, but underneath all of that, uh, there's this, like, you're separated from me. There's this loneliness. There's this apartness. And so Jesus, he goes through the lonely things, and he goes through the lonely place, and he goes to the forsaken place so that you wouldn't have to be. The, the cross, when Jesus is hanging there on the cross, he had all the crap that he had to deal with in his life. But on the cross, he actually had to experience the loneliness of his father turning his back on him. So he's hanging there naked, lonely on a cross, forsaken by God so that you could be brought near. You were separate and you were gone. And, and the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 2, 12 through 13, he says this. He goes, remember, and the reason he has to say remember is because we forget. He goes, remember that at that time, you were separate from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise. And then he says this, you were without hope and you were without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And so when Jesus comes down, he goes, he goes to the lonely place so that you could be brought near. Could you, like, I I try to imagine my life today. I was like, I can't even imagine my life without God. Like, how lonely that would be. And some of you in the room you actually have a life without God and you're looking for like the satisfaction, you're looking for this fulfillment, you're looking for this contentment and you can't find it anywhere. And and, and what the scriptures present and what my life experience is, is like, listen, uh, life is gonna be hard, there's gonna be lonely things, but there's a secret to contentment. Scripture talks about there's a secret to contentment and I've tried to find it and I found it and it's in knowing Jesus, the Savior who loves you who was forsaken for you so that you could be brought near. And so, what I want to ask you tonight is do you remember like do you remember your first love with the Lord? Maybe you're there now. Maybe some of you just feel dead. But do you remember that that fire, that contentment, that sweetness of like, man, Jesus, if there's nothing else, like there's nothing else I want right now except you. I want that, yeah, sure I do, but that doesn't compare. I want you. And some of you, I think Jesus is inviting you back into that with him. So you've had your eyes fixed on that circumstance, and yeah, that's legit, that's hard. Um, but I want to I remind you of what you have in me. And, and we need to remember those things because we forget, and I forget, and Jesus is inviting you back. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we love you uh and Lord, we uh we, we just offer our, our loneliness up to you, God, in worship and surrender. Uh, Lord, uh, or we want to experience you in the, in the places that we feel lonely, we want to uh, live lives, God of freedom, Lord, not just pursuing uh, an escape, but God of pursuing you, God, in the places that are hard. And Jesus, I, I, you're, you're real and you're present, and God, you promise to draw near to us when we draw near to you. And so, God, I pray that tonight, even as we drive home and as we conversate with one another, that you would, um, that you would draw near. And so, Lord, we really do offer, God, these things up to you. We offer them up to your love, your wisdom, and your guidance and your direction. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just be gracious and merciful and kind. We thank you, Jesus, for how much you love us. We pray this all in your name. Amen.